This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns. It's the first ever Dreamcast. This is a collection of my dreams, most of which I sent to Doug Benson. So if you hear me saying Doug at the beginning, I'm talking to Doug Benson. It was they were all posted on Doug Loves Minis. Although there is a Doug Stanhope Dream in here. That's second uh, in the lineup. Uh, so f- feel free to enjoy them. This is a short uh, one. It's only like 10 dreams, but trust me, you don't want an hour's worth of dreams. Feel free to go through and animate them. Send them to me. I'll promote them. I'll put them. I'll uh, retweet them and put them on Facebook and everything. This weekend, Thursday night I'm at Comedy Bar, then the Comedy Underground in Toronto. Uh, Friday and Saturday I'm at Yuck, Yuck and Sam- Yuck Yucks in Hamilton. And next week, I am in uh, San Francisco at Cobbs for, I think, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm on back on the road, so check out burperbur.com. Enjoy my dreams. This is hey, Here's a dream I had last night. I woke up not being able to remember a dream. And so I kind of was falling back asleep, and I said to myself, I want to find that dream. So the first dream I had... When I went back to sleep, it was me looking for the dream. I was sitting in a bay in Hawaii, swimming in it. I'm in Hawaii right now, by the way. And I'm swimming around the bay, and which explains a lot of this dream. And my cameraman candles in a wetsuit and goggles, like a mask, and he's diving to the bottom of this bay that we're both in, and he's placing GoPros all over it. And he pops up, and he's like, what's up, man? I'm like, I'm looking for this dream. And he's like, well, i got to help you find this dream. So we're both looking around the water. We're diving out of the bottom. We're popping up, and all of a sudden, we get up to the top. We're both there, and he's like, he's like, dude, what's that? And I look up and I see 30 loose balloons. And I'm like, holy shit. Like 50 feet in the sky, 30 loose balloons. I'm like, that was my fucking dream. That was my fucking dream. I wake up, Doug, literally I wake up laughing and smiling because this was the dream I had. I remembered it. I wanted to see if I could make friends. So I paddleboarded out on my side, laying with a pillow in between my arm and my head, out into the lineup in Hawaii, and there's all Hawaiian dudes, and this, as soon as I get out there, I'm like, hey, fellas, and this one really, really big Hawaiian dude is like, I know you, bro, you're from the TV, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me, and he's like, you gotta meet my brother, so I'm like, sure, sure thing, so we, I, he paddles off 
out of the lineup, and I follow him, and he takes me to a, a dock. And I would get off the, you know, the dock, and he goes, come on, get on the boat. So we get on this boat. And he says, the only way to get there, you got to climb to the top of the mast. So we climb to the very, very top of the mast. I'm scared of heights, by the way, but I also want to make new friends. So I get to the very top of the mast, and the boat takes off, and we're fucking going everywhere. And this guy's laughing hysterically. He's like, don't you love it? And I'm like, I don't fucking like it at all. We get to a small black box theater. I know that doesn't make any sense, but that's where his brother is. And he looks at me, he goes, my brother's a comedian, you got to help him out. I'm like, fuck. I'm going to fucking watch it open mic. So we jump off the mask to get into the black box theater. And we get in. And on the outside, by the way, his brother's promoting himself as Michael Jackson. It's his brother dressed as Michael Jackson in that all black on black side profile shot. And I'm like, oh, great. He does a Michael Jackson impression. How the fuck am I going to fake laugh through this? So we get in. We go to the fucking uh, back of the thing. And it's packed. And he gets me. we get some drinks. We're having drinks in the back. And there's so many fucking people. And the first sketch his brother does. Very first sketch is titled Black Popeye. And it's his brother, who, by the way, is black. His brother and his two castmates, Olive Oil, who's black, and Brutus, who's black. And they're dressed in white face. And they're singing the songs from Popeye the Sailor Man, which they clearly have never seen. They've never seen Popeye. I'm shocked to believe that they even know that it's a real thing because there's no connection to what I know as Popeye. But they're singing the songs in, like, total straight face. Like, like they have no fucking idea who Popeye really was. And the fucking place is dying. I mean, people are laughing so hard that I can barely hear the lyrics, but the looks on their face is making me laugh so hard that I'm like fucking doubled over. His The big guy I'm with doubled over. Show gets over and I fucking walk up to his brother. I'm like, dude, you are fucking hilarious. Black Popeye could be on Comedy Central. Like, I gotta introduce you to my manager. And he looks, looks at me and goes, where's my brother? And I'm like, what? He goes, where's my brother? And I was like, he's back with me. He goes, no, 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 no. We gotta find him. We walk out of the black box theater and we're on the beach and there's 150 people all standing on the edge of the shore pointing up to the sky and they're like all going no 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 and and his brother looks at me and he's like oh man like real upset i look up and it's and it's his brother his brother big hawaiian guy in board shorts no shirt with his left hand holding 30 balloons 50 feet up in the sky his right hand's got a drink and he's howling laughing singing somewhere over the rainbow and everyone's trying to yelt over his singing but they can't he can't hear them and all they're saying is don't jump you're too high you're too high and he's like i got this and just let's go and as soon as he lets go i see this big mass falling to the ocean and everyone's screaming he hits the ocean and i wake up and i said to myself i gotta remember that dream but i didn't remember that dream until i went back into my dreams and found it with my cameraman kendall holy shit doug dream last night that I was a graffiti artist and I was graffitiing up this like parking structure this ramp but there were people all over it and I was tagging all over it going on my way up and these two female cops saw me and they started chasing me and I get all the way to the top and I'm kind of hiding out and they're looking for me and I decide to really take a chance and run over while they're looking over the edge and tag the back of their uniforms and I write pig on both of their uniforms, and they didn't even hear me, they didn't even see me. I don't know, what's even weird is that 
I actually am totally opposite when it comes to police officers in real life. I don't know where this was coming from in this dream. Anyway, I tag pig on the back of their shirts and I tag last, the last G on the last chick and they see me and they start chasing me. And I'm flying down this parking structure and I lose them. And I'm going, I'm trying to run away and I realize it's so foggy out that I can spray paint the air and it'll stay there. So I spray paint careful glass and I get on the other side of it and the two cops run right up and stop right where it says careful glass and they're looking at me and they're talking to each other like son of a bitch and I'm pretending that I'm talking but I'm not but I'm like literally a foot away from them in between them in between them is this careful glass spray paint and I'm on the other side of it and I'm like sorry kind of laughing raising my shoulders (laughs) and an old lady doesn't even read it and just walks right through it and they look at each other and I look at them and I start running again. <laughs> I had a dream about Doug Stanhope. I had a dream that Rogan was throwing him a party in LA. But Rogan had this like new house. It was like Game of Thrones. It was so badass. It was massive. As soon as you walked in, it was like there were fires everywhere. Just fires and like there was a desk that had a fire on it, but not... There are a couple of desks, but they weren't like firefighters in the desks. They were like set up. There was just burning in the center of it with like a one log, real big, and it was just red burning like embers. Perfect like roasting marshmallows um, situation. And I walked in, and and everyone's there. And as I walk through the first room, I walk to the left, and that's where I see Stanhope. Stanhope's in this big leather throne. And as soon as he sees me, he lights up. He's like, dude, dude. I wrote a book, and I was like, yeah? And he's like, yeah, I'd, I really appreciate you reading it and get your insight. And I was like, no, I'd love to. I'm fucking... So I, he waves over his tour manager, Greg Chaley, and Chaley comes over, and he's like, here it is, and he gives me, like, a, a folder, the kind of folder you get in, like, like using, like, fourth grade. <laughs> Just, like, two, you know, like, blue, and not, well, I don't know what color it was, but he hands it to me, and I'm like, oh, awesome. I open it up. And the left side, in the left sleeve, is um, menus to Chilkoot Charlie's, which is Chaley's, like, spot in Alaska. <laughs> As I look over the folder, like, Killjoy at Greg, he's, like, raising his eyebrows, like, huh, right? Couldn't hurt. Thought I'd throw him in there. <laughs> and I look at the other page, the other side, and it's two pages stapled together. The first page is, like, five paragraphs, maybe that, and I kind of peruse it, but it's, it's not like typical, you know, Stanhope writings, because I was, was a huge fan of his blog when he was doing it, and I kind of look at it, and I'm like, okay, okay, and I flip to the second page, and it's all stickers, and there's a notice that's place on forearm, and so I take the stickers, they're like square stickers, I place like probably five of them on my forearm, and then I close it, and I'm like, okay. And I don't know how to say anything to him. I'm like, hey, it was really, it was really interesting, man. And he's like, did you, did you read the second page? I said, yeah. He said, did you do it? I said, yeah. And I kind of show him my forearm. He's like, oh, nice, nice. So did you read it again? I said, well, no, I just read it that one time. He's like, no, no, that's not the point. The point is just keep reading it. That second page is acid. And uh, just keep reading that first page like 200 times. And every time you read it, it changes. And it tells the story. I was like, what? 
He's like, yeah, just keep reading that first page over and over and over again. Every time it'll be different. It's really fucking good. I've been working really hard to pick the perfect words. And I was like, oh my god. So I go back, I open it up, and I start reading that page. And now, all the letters are sparkling in all the words. And they're sparkling just perfectly that they're mesmerizing me and taking me into a different place. And then as I get to the bottom of the page, all of a sudden darkness comes over the page. I'm like, the fuck? And then I go back and I start reading again. And now the first word to the very first sentence is this horse. And it's like galloping through the page, uh, like tearing through the letters, splitting the letters open. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, this is fucking, I'm like, I'm literally like, I gotta put this book down. This is too much. And I look at him like, this is fucking genius. He's like, smiling like in this great, like, stand up. Like, yeah, I thought you'd like it. I was like, fuck. I woke up so jealous I hadn't thought of it. I was like, that's the greatest idea I'd ever heard of. And then I really realized, I guess I had thought of it. But I'm gonna record this one for Doug. The last dream, the last theme I had in the dream was I was planning I was planning a party for myself. This happened. I mean, this is like my second dream of the night. Then also my fifth dream of the night, and then also my last dream of the night. So I'm planning an event for um, a party for myself. And my wife goes, "No, no, no. This is just it, this is earlier dream is I'm planning an event for a party for myself." My wife gives me a number. It's called Cases. They do a party planning and outpatient rehab. So of course, yeah, of course, right? So kill two birds with one stone. We get you wasted, then we fix it. So uh, so I tell the guy, and he goes, "No, no, we're familiar with you, man. We just saw you on the cover of a magazine, which, by the way, is from an earlier dream that I remember." this redneck girl had a picture of me on the cover of a magazine in jean shorts with a microphone and goes who wants to build a house that was the title so uh so i go great and he goes awesome we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out i can't wait this is really i'm really excited so then i another dream another dream i'm on a boat uh there's sharks out in the water and i'm trying to call tom segura to, i want to talk to him and i call segura and I go, Buns? And the guy goes, no, this is Steve from Cases. What's the name of the place? Cases? This is Steve from Cases, Bert. And I go, how do you know it's me? He goes, you've been ass dialing me all night. He goes, do you know what time it is? And I'm like, no. And he goes, I go, I'm in Durban. And he goes, he goes, it's late, man. It's late. You need to really change your lifestyle. And I hung up and I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be bad. Cut to, I run in, I meet Bobby Bobby Lee for the first time. Comedian. I meet Bobby Lee for the first time. I've never met him, but I'm, in the dream, I'm meeting him for the first time. And, and I'm like, uh, I go, Bobby, I'm so excited to meet you, man. I know you're fun on radio and I'm fun on radio I go when I do radio a lot of times I go in and I start drinking first thing in the morning and I realize as I'm saying this I have a phone in my hand and I'm like oh shit and I go hello and he goes it's Steve from Cases <laughs> and I go hey Steve and he goes do you need to see us today about this party I go no I, I'm not going I know this is rehab and he goes no Bert I need to see you right now I have a car waiting for you I go outside Joey Diaz and Ari are sitting in the car and they're like come on we're going to take you I go guys you promised me you're not taking me to rehab and they're like swear to god we pull up to cases and Duncan's waiting out front and Duncan goes I was told to meet here I go this is a fucking intervention I go I know what you guys are doing so we go in and my whole family's there I go Joey and he goes dog listen to the man <laughs> he goes it's not what you think I look at the guy and the guy says Bert I'm Steve and uh, this rehab has nothing to do with alcohol or drugs I go what and he goes We've lost the image of Dick Van Dyke in all these reruns. For some reason, it's fading, and we'd like you to recreate Dick Van Dyke. I go, what? And he goes, so, like, you'll come in at 10, 
You leave at five, and it's all in black and white. And you just we need, we got the house, we got the set, we got stand-ins for all the more Amsterdam, and you'll be Vic Van Dyke. And I was like, and I looked at Joey, and Joey's like, "Fucking told you, fucking told you." And Duncan's behind him going, "Do it, do it, do it. This will be fun, man." And I go, "Can I improv and do my own stuff?" And they go, "Yeah, have fun with it. I mean, we wanted to have today's feel." And I was like, fuck, I'm in, I'm in. And everyone's cheering. They're like, way to go, Bert. You made the right decision. <laughs> oh. Wow. Oh. I want to buy a camera just for the show. I want to buy an old school camera and shoot that show tomorrow. Yeah, well. Doug, it's Bert. I got to tell you about this dream. I think you'll find it interesting. I, uh, I had a dream that I was in a shower. And uh, glass shower in like the corner of the bathroom. And in walks... Chelsea Peretti, who, who I don't really know. I, I mean, I, I, th- I think I probably met her. I think I've met her. I don't think she thinks she met me. I guarantee you she doesn't know who I am, but I know who she is. <clears throat> so she walks in, and she's like, starts talking to me. I'm naked in the shower. And I'm like, this is odd. She's getting into, like, a cosplay outfit. And then she sits down and goes to the bathroom in front of me, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, what are you talking about? It's like, we're roommates. We can pee in front of each other. And I was like... Huh. We're roommates. In my head, I'm like, where are my, where's my girls? Where's my wife? Where are my dogs? I get done showering. She's like, come on, everyone's ready. Go out. And there are, oh, like 25, 30 of the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my entire life. Who, by the way, are funny as shit. And 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 loud, they're they're a blast. They're like, what I, mean, I don't know what hanging out with Chelsea Pretty is like, but it's like what you'd imagine it to be if you just saw her from the surface. It's fucking fun. And I'm in a towel. I just got out of the shower. I'm just like, what the fuck? <clears throat> and they're all like, oh, Bert, Chelsea, tell us about you. And I'm I'm like, I'm not even worried about my family right now. Then all of a sudden, they all head out to the deck on the back, right? All of them, and they all start. Peeing, they like press this like thing on their stomach, and they like lift their skirts up, and they're peeing across the lake, and they're fucking howling, laughing as they piss across the lake. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like it's getting huge, and I'm laughing hysterically. It's like a fire hose. I'm like, "How are you girls doing this?" And they're like, "Oh, you'll learn a lot living with us." I'm like, "This is gonna be the best fucking summer of my life." Walk inside, my daughters and wife roll in. And kill the planet energy. I mean, everyone looks at them like, uh, like, who, who's kids? And I was like, oh, they're, they're my kids. And and Chelsea's not angry. She's just like, oh. And then she's like, who's it? And I was like, oh, that's my wife. She's like, oh, okay. And it's awkward. My wife's like, who are these people? I go, they're my roommates. It's uh, and then all of a sudden I look at my watch and I'm like, holy shit, is today Thursday? And they're like. Yeah. I go, it's 7.30 on a Thursday. I have to work this weekend in Brea. And I, like, lose it. I, like, almost drop the towel down. I'm like, what am I going to do? And my wife's like, it's not my problem. You should have known. I put it on your calendar and, like, kind of throws it on me. And my kids are like, Dad, don't go to work today. Don't go to work. And I'm like, fuck, I got to call Dan. Like, this is not going to work out. And Chelsea looks at me and she goes, should I get the Winnebago? I'm like, what? She goes, don't worry. I got this. All the girls hustle outside. I go, Leanne, I got to go with her. It's work. We run out to the Winnebago, which is pimped out. I'm in a Winnebago with like 30 fucking girls, and we're hauling ass down the 60 in, in, in L.A. And the crazy part is our heads are in these like, um, like, like periscopes out of the top of the 
Winnebago, but our bodies are dancing inside. Like we're all kind of individually looking out the top of the Winnebago, but music's blaring. We're boozing. It's a blast. We're flying on the 16. We're making great time. She's like, I told you. I get there. I called Dan. He said he's got someone to go along. Don't worry about it. He's meeting us at the door. And I'm like, this is great. Thanks, Chelsea. And then we get, we pull up and it's actually the um, Irvine Improv, oddly enough, in my dream. I mean, I said it was a Bray one, but it really is the new Irvine Improv. And we get there and Dan's like, holy shit, man. Like, come on, come on, come on. And he looks at me. He's like, Bert, uh, what do we should do about all these girls? Uh, I thought you were married. And I look at Chelsea, and she's like, like really being really cool. And I go, "Come on, bring them in, bring them in!" And so everyone like cheers, and they're going nuts. And we get inside the, we get inside the green room, and there's champagne everywhere, and everyone's in cosplay outfits. And I'm in a towel, and Dan's smiling ear to ear, smoking one of his cigar cigarettes. And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Come on, man, you go on in ten. Chelsea, you don't want to do a guest set?" And I was like, "Yeah." And Dan was like looking at me, and in my head, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, because I've been in Africa for like three weeks now. I was like, I really miss my fucking family. And, and but I and I look at Chelsea, and I go, uh, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna have to bounce to go hang out with my family." And Chelsea looks at me like this really nodding, like, okay. And I go, can you do this headlining set? Can you, like, do this for me and just cover this set? Because I can't do it. I'm going home. I'm in a towel. I'm in no place to be on stage. And Chelsea looks at me. and She's like, yeah, don't worry. I got this. So I'm like, all right, Dan. Dan looks at me, like, nodding, like, good job, man. Good job. And I start walking out to the parking lot. And I'm like, I'm going to take the Winnebago. And Chelsea's like, don't worry about it. Take the Winnebago. I get out there and no fucking Winnebago. There's no fucking Winnebago, and I, all I'm thinking is, this is going to be a long, you know how in a dream you're like, this is going to be a long fucking walk home. This is going to be a beast, and you now it's like, as I walk, I'm crawling, I'm not even walking, and a few running feels like walking, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have just stayed and partied with all the fucking hot chicks Chelsea Peretti's friends with. <clears throat> Last night I had a dream that I was Beowulf, and The Rock was Grendel. And I had a huge ivory arm that I could attach. And I could go through and we had this extraction team. We had to uh, go in and uh, I forget what we had to get, but we had to kill some people. But we didn't really know who. And so our first target, my wife and kids were with us. And we kind of posted up in the bushes. And as they came out towards us, my wife, who was an amazing shot with a bow and arrow in this dream, was just lighting people up. And my youngest daughter, Georgia was killing two people too and the rock and I were kind of sitting off to the back letting them do their thing and one of the guys broke through like they didn't get him and he got to me and he explained they were vet techs that they worked at a veterinarian place and that they weren't trying to hurt us they were just trying to figure out what was going on we just killed like eight of them so I killed him with my bare hands and then dragged his body into the river <clears throat> to drown him next to <laughs> behind my daughters and them and then The Rock and I got to business, and we started, like, literally going through this. It was, now it was, like, we got into this, like, castle, and we're going through alley by alley and, like, corridor by corridor, just tearing down walls. The Rock is Grendel, and he was so much bigger than me. But he was lighting things up. I mean, just breaking through walls, and then we finally get to the place we're going, and we start our epic battle where my ivory arm that kind of looks like a claw but it's like a lot bigger than my arm it's just I'm just crushing people with it I'm grabbing people and I'm lifting them up in the air and the rock is these knights are coming at the rock these guys dressed in full armor and he's just destroying them and then as I'm holding this guy up in the air he was like why are you guys doing this I was like 
you know, this is our job. He's like, yeah, but we just work at a sharper image. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, the suit of armor is, you know, a display at sharper image. You know, we were just trying to defend our sharper image. I was like, this is a sharper image? And he was like, yeah. I looked at the rock. I was like, dude, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And I woke up. I woke up feeling bad that I'd killed a bunch of vet techs and a bunch of dudes who worked at the sharper image. But I'll tell you one thing. Man, destroying shit with the rock as your teammate is fun as shit. Especially when you have an ivory arm that's, like, unstoppable. Doug, I had a dream I went back in time. Just like in, uh, like, Peggy Sue got married. I went back in time, back to college. And I was like, holy shit, man. I get to do it fucking all over again. And I know all the tricks. I know all the ins. I know all the outs. And I see my freshman roommate, Chili Willie. And I'm like, Chili, I tell him, I go, I went back in time. He's like, what? I go, this, I'm 42 for real. I go, I get to do this all over again. Hey, guys. Give me two seconds. I'm going to finish this up. I'll be right in. Okay? Sorry I'm late. And I was like, I get to do this all over again. And he's like, oh, is your life a mess? I go, no, it's it's actually it's actually great. I, I'm really lucky. I, I'm a comedian and I'm on TV. I got a family and I got great kids. I'm, I actually can't wait to see them again, I, you know? And he was like, well, then it means you got to do it all over again, exactly like you did it the first time, in order to get that life. I went, oh, fuck. So I had to go do my entire life over again and relive all the shitty... I was just fucking going through the motions of shit I had already done, and I had to do it exactly the same way so that I could get my life again, because I liked my life so much. And my girlfriend, who I know fucked Mike Vecchione, the comedian Mike Vecchione, I know that she fucked him that summer. Like, I went away for summer, she went back to Boca, fucked Mike Vecchione. I know that now, as an adult. I had to go back, and I see her, and she's like, hey. And I was like, okay, listen, here's the deal. You're going to cheat on me a bunch. I know that now, as a grown-up. I came from the future. But I'm cool. And she was fighting me. She's like, I didn't sleep with anyone. I go, look, it doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. You cheating on me makes me a better person, ultimately, in the end. But I've just got to suffer it. But I can't sit here and watch you lie to me. That's driving me nuts. And she was like, I don't get this. You're not from the future. You're crazy. And I was like, oh, fuck. i got to sit through this relationship for five fucking years. And then... I just woke up. All right. All right. You guys ready to go to the spice market? Are you? I am fucking ready. Hey, Doug. This is what I'd call a morphing dream. I had a dream I was Tony Stewart. It's like it opens on a wide drone shot. I mean, that's that's honestly how I saw it in the dream. So I'm over it. I'm coming in. I come in, and bam, I'm Tony Stewart. And I'm in the pits, and they're debating on who won across the finish line first. And all of a sudden, it's announced that I did. And I'm like, yeah! And I fucking start celebrating, and the other people are walking past me. And they're like, fuck you, fuck you. And I look at this one guy, and I start flicking him off, get right in his fucking face, which was apparently the wrong thing to do. Because his whole pit crew starts charging my pit crew with vacuum hoses. You know those vacuums that have like the steel thing attached to the vacuum and then the hose connects to the working part of the vacuum? And I'm like, motherfucker. And then all of a sudden, bam, I am no longer Tony Stewart. I am one of the kids in the pit crew. Not like an important one, one of the lifters, the heavy guys. I'm the guy that like screws on the bolts. And so I'm like, fuck, I gotta get out of here so I get on a bike. I head out and I go riding down what can only be called... uh, bachelor party row because I'm with a bunch of bachelorettes and we're all on 10 speeds and there's a float in front of us and there's a woman like waving and every shop looks like it's old hardcore bachelorette stuff and then all of a sudden I'm like alright bounce off of here I take a left and I run into this like old blues bar and there's an old guy kind of looks like Bernie Mac 
uh, not Bernie Mac, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. And he's like, and I'm asking him if I can get something, and clearly I'm buying drugs. And I was like, I was like, yeah, do you have Mrs. Johnson? And everyone starts laughing. Oh, he wants Mrs. Johnson? And like, how? And then it turns out I bought a ton of cocaine. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do with this cocaine? So I take the cocaine and my bike, and now I got a buddy, another buddy. It's like a guy I moved to L.A. with. But not really. I didn't move to L.A. with anybody. But that, in the dream, that's he's like the guy I moved to L.A. with. You know, we both work at CPK. And, uh, no, no, but you know, I'm, I'm just putting it, trying to paint it for you the way my brain thought it. And we take it to this Filipino gang uh, there to their front yard, and we're sitting on our bikes, and I'm trying to, like, mix the cocaine with water. And so I can pack it tightly into this these napkins that they've given us, and uh, and all of a sudden the Filipinos come out and they start fucking chasing us, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" And they got guns, and I'm and I'm going as fast as I can on my bike, and I'm trying to hold the cocaine, and now it's like one of those bikes that you're seated in and seated, and you pedal like that. And I'm like, fuck, get the fuck out of here. So we pull left, and we go to this old man's house, this creepy old man who's like, don't worry, you can hang out in my garage. It's totally fine. Uh, you guys do whatever you want. Enjoy some of these drugs. And so me and this guy are like, fuck it, let's smoke some. And so we try some of this drug, and then all of a sudden, and I, and by the way, we try some of this drug, but we grinded it up in his Vitamix, which is very important to this story, because we got out in his backyard, and we've done some, and we're sitting out there. And all of a sudden, uh, the old old man comes out. My buddy says to him, hey, man, what's, what am I going to feel? And he's like, oh, so you did it, huh? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, no, no, yeah? Well, do you feel quicksand? And I'm like, oh, shit, we're in quicksand. It's like waist deep, knee deep, really. And we realize this guy is going to fucking sexually assault us. And we're like, oh, my God, we're going to be his toys for the night because we've done this drug. And now we're in quicksand, but it can't be really quicksand. And then I start grabbing a shovel, swinging at him. And everyone's like... Do you, what do you think? I go, you better watch out for my shovel. And they're like, you think you have a shovel? You think you have a shovel? And I look at the guy. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do? And he's like, I guess we just close our eyes and let it happen. And I was like, fuck it. And then I hear the guy go, everybody, I've got them drugged. Meet me at the table. I'm making smoothies for everyone. And I was like, oh, that's great because he's going to use his Vitamix. And the rest of the drugs are in his Vitamix. And they're going to be as high as we are. And we can sleep this off. Thank fucking God. And I woke up. Hey, Doug, it's Bert. I told you I'd call you when I had a dream. I had a dream last night that I found this uh, teleporter, like a Star Trek teleporter. And I was like, I was like, what is this? And I hit it, and then it just disappeared. And then I said, you know, like, I was like, oh, shit. I can teleport things. So (laughs) I took it out to my garage, and I started cleaning my garage with it. (laughs) Just... We have this uh, this karaoke machine that um, that's like in the middle of everything and it's driving me fucking nuts. It was the first thing I teleported. It just I'm like, shut up! And so I just sent a bunch of shit to the Enterprise that I didn't want in my garage, and then ultimately I ended up taking shits and just sending shit to the Enterprise. <laughs> Going, I gotta get there one time just to see the look on their face. Like fucking another shit. Oh. Oh, that's what I'd do with a teleporter, is I'd send, I'd clean my garage and send it to the fucking Enterprise. (laughs) Alright, I love you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.